0: Hi, you're listening to Designing Yourself. This is Paul McAleer.
1: And this is Whitney Hess.
0: And today, one of the things that we really wanted to talk about was this idea of being empty and the idea of stealing and not stealing and really what that means. And it's funny because, as usual, we were talking about this before we started recording. And it's really kind of hard to pin down a little bit because i think we can both agree that the idea of stealing in of itself that physical act is wrong right
1: well it is certainly unlawful and it's so unlawful. as as a result we like we think of it as being wrong and and in many religions and in spiritual traditions i think it would be considered immoral as well but it is still a tough thing to define
0: yeah. So that's the thing that we were kind of grappling with here is this idea of how do you define uh, this idea of, of stealing and and working against that idea of stealing and non-stealing specifically. So one of the things that I read recently and found really interesting was this concept of taking it beyond just the physical. There's the idea that yep, yeah, there's you know when it comes to stealing a physical thing Uh, There are laws and there are moral questions around whether that's right or not. And then the other side of that, though, are the non-physical components of that. Like if we are basically seeing ourselves as empty in some way or deficient in some way, and we kind of want to fill that somehow, um, it's a little harder to stick with. It's a little more woo, as I would be want to say. So the idea, though, is that If I am feeling down on a day, for instance, I'm feeling really low, um, I might want to be high energy for some reason or put myself in a place where I feel more, quote unquote, normal. And so I might look to steal that energy from somebody else. That means I might want to uh, put them down. I might want to um you know a- try to act like i'm I'm in charge of them in some way. I might like to you know yell at them or correct them or or do something to kind of boost myself and within the context of what i've I've seen about this idea of non stealing, I really see that in that same light in that in that case, I'm really taking somebody else's energy away from them in a sense and trying to make it my own, even though it may or may not succeed. Um, That's something that I might do in that situation.
1: I think this is incredibly common in relationships, mostly because we're not conscious of it. And so much of what we talk about, you and I, is about becoming conscious about these things. Because once you have an awareness, then suddenly you recognize how often it's happening. And now you have the power to do something about it. Right. But in relationships, even in my relationship with Frederick, which I would consider to be in the upper echelon of relationships if I could be so so bold to make such a claim. But I feel like we have such a phenomenal relationship and I find that this happens with us, you know, often where we're very used to relying on one another for the other person's energy or the other person's enthusiasm or support and there are times when one of us is experiencing a high because of something that's going on with work or something that's going on with family or friends or just something is like really building one of us up and the other one isn't feeling so good and is trying to experience that same high to be there with the other person but just can't and like a jealousy of some kind can develop and then exactly what you just said seems to happen kind of automatically if we're not paying attention to how we're feeling and instead we're entirely focused on how the other person feels and it can be like just as small as you know picking a fight over something that is completely inconsequential, and again, this is like a sort of automated thing, so we're not even aware that we're doing it and now suddenly the per that other person who was like filled with joy is now irritated because <laughs> we made them irritated, you know, and now it's like this little bit of satisfaction like oh, I still can have control or I still can, you know, I can level the playing field or something versus this feeling of a lack that comes when someone that you care about so deeply, and sometimes this happens when even in like work situations where a colleague is experiencing something that you're not experiencing. um, There's this feeling of, oh, well, at least I could steal away that person's energy, even if I'm not benefiting from it. So I guess I wonder if there's some kind of difference in stealing when it comes to taking away from someone, even if we ourselves are not benefiting from it, or is it only stealing if we get the benefit of the thing?
0: That's a great question. And I see it as stealing no matter what, because the way that I... Hear that with that scenario, and and with with a coworker, for instance, that you gave, um, and thinking about my own times when I've I've done these things, it feels like it's something that should benefit me, right? Because if I'm feeling bad, or if, or if I'm feeling in a certain way, or I'm feeling attached to the way that thing should be in this current moment, or what have you, then. If they don't go that way, there's a part of me that absolutely wants to correct that, that wants to try to get it as close to that way as possible, right? And so it will, and and if I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it, if I give it permission to do that, if I give that part of me permission to go ahead and do that, there is a, I wouldn't necessarily say a full satisfaction, but there is something that that part gets out of it that part is thrilled then that a it got that attention and B could go ahead and and pull, try to pull that energy from somebody else, you know, putting aside the right or wrong question for a moment. Um, so in that case, there's still that idea that, okay, I did this and I did it great. And now I feel better, but holistically I don't feel better at all. And, and again, the other person's going to probably feel a lot worse in that scenario. Um, so, in those cases, I still see that even if things don't go out the way that I fully plan, you know, if I, if in is very vain attempt to feel better about myself, I take somebody else's positive energy and kind of try to feed off of that, and it doesn't or it doesn't really work well. Um, boy, I still don't see that as as a good thing overall. Um, I, but. For that particular right, because part, you've you know?
1: taken it from the other person.
0: Right, but for that particular part of me that really felt that need that that something was deficient, and other you know other parts of me thought, oh, this is the way to really get it. Um, then that feels like a mission accomplished type of moment where it's like, well, we did it, awesome, we're great, even though holistically, again, not really feeling great in that scenario. Um, and you know, this is all feeling really kind of fuzzy to me, so. Maybe I'll slap a concrete example on this just as, as a for instance, right? Yeah, so, because I'm having you know,
1: a hard time believing that you ever do this. So I want to hear an example.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, um, so I, I think one one other way to think about it is is this, say. Um, so one example would be that if I'm if I come into work and I am having a bad day, my morning starts with Um, possibly my dog or my son not listening to me for whatever reasons, right? I might have already tried to reinforce this idea that I'm the dad, I've got everything under control, and this is how it's going to play out. Like, this is going to be our morning schedule. We have to get to, you know, we have to get you to school by X hour, and I have to get to work by this hour, et cetera, et cetera. And if things don't go according to that plan, um, there's a part of me that may carry that around into work, So then I come into the office, my coworkers are here, and they're all feeling, you know, I I can kind of get a sense of the vibe of the room probably, but they might be feeling neutral to positive or maybe even negative. But for example, let's say they're feeling pretty good. And I come in and I, you know, I, I take this vibe with me, right? So instead of feeding off of that positive energy now, That my coworkers might have, you know, they might be in good spirits talking about the weekend or what have you. I come in and I'm, I'm, you know, old grumpy cat here. And, you know, I say, hey, I had a kind of kind of a rough morning weekend was okay. I'll be pleasant about it, but then kind of bury myself in my work. Right. So I'm still fighting with that scenario where, you know, I'm feeling like this day, this morning isn't necessarily going according to this magical plan that part of me made up. And I'm also not really looking at what's going on in that moment either. So in essence, I'm trying to pull away some of that positive energy that those people have, right? And part of what I see here is this 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 weird dependence and independence thing, because in the one hand, yes, I'm fully dependent on on how other people are feeling to get a sense of you know, the sense of the room, sense of how the day may go, et cetera. And for some people, it's going to matter more how they feel and how it affects the way that I feel. But then there's also that question of being independent and not letting it affect you as well. So there's a weird little dynamic that's happening there. But in in those days when I feel really kind of down on myself in that morning or just feeling like things are not going my way, whatever my way is, um, that's something that can absolutely have an impact from either my coworkers or them on me as well. And it may be just something really small that sets it off earlier in the morning or even the prior day if I let it sit within me for a while. Does that clarify things a little? Yeah,
1: it, it does. And I think that that's a much more kind of common example because I think everyone can relate to that. And it isn't something that you're doing out of malice, which I could never imagine you doing at all, which was kind of why I was like, what do you mean by that? But what I'm getting from what you're saying is that this this kind of independence or dependence thing, I actually see it as being that we're all dependent on one another. And that even when you call it independence, I think what you mean is accepting that you're not having a good day, that there is something you don't have today that other people do, and that being okay, um, and feeling like, you know what, today is just my day to be in a slump, I'm going to let it go, I'm going to work with it rather than fight against it. And I'm going to acknowledge that other people are doing okay today, at least from an outside perspective that I'm seeing them. Maybe they're going through their own things, but I'm not going to try to take that away from them. And I'm not going to let that impact me even more negatively. And maybe even recognizing that other people are having a good day or that they're high energy will be a way to get me out of my slump. And in a way, I see that as being even more evidence of our interdependence or our Mm -hmm. interconnection rather than our independence. It's like saying, you know what, actually, there's really no gain that's possible from stealing whatsoever. And perhaps stealing is a lack of recognition that when you steal from someone else, you steal from yourself as well. Because we all are connected and we all do depend on each other. And there's no way to fill the void inside of us by taking something from someone else. Because we will never feel like we deserve it. We will never feel like it's truly ours. And we will always be left with the memory of... Who we took it from, both physical and in the case that we're discussing here, kind of on an energetic level and a relationship level. So I wonder if the idea of thou shalt not steal um, kind of as a religious and societal concept is really in the recognition that when you do steal, you steal from everyone. And that includes yourself, not just the individual you targeted.
0: Yeah, I love that concept because it goes along with the idea of being attached to something that's not in the present moment, right? Um, because if you are, for instance, if if you are feeling uh, bad about the way things do or do not turn out or the way things are or are not right now, Um you could see it as you're actually stealing from that opportunity you have right now to just be in that current moment and accept it and even get to a point of celebration of it as well. Right? Because in, in those moments, you are not necessarily really present. (laughs) You are somewhere else. You are thinking and, and feeling down about yourself about why things are not the way that they should be Um, and that is, that is kind of a form of stealing because then those moments that you spend in that, you don't get them back. And, you know, I I think one important thing here too, is to note that there's, depending on the situation, there's a time for mourning. There's a time to be sad. And there are absolutely times when, you know, it, it might be easier to not be in the present moment. Uh, for whatever reason it may be very challenging it may be very sad in the present moment it may we may be able to take ourselves to a happier place for instance um so that is to say i guess nobody's perfect but again this this ideal i think to shoot for then is again not stealing from yourself currently which also then as you put it serves to not steal from others as well you know if you see us as interconnected which i agree with you know, we all have this energy and we all have this this shared identity and this shared consciousness too. And so there are ebbs and flows of emotion and feeling and things that just happen within this bigger pool. Um, so if you see that we're connected, then yeah, sometimes these things are going to come up and sometimes they're going to pass as well. And you know, I'm curious what feelings you have in those moments, if you've experienced that as well. Um, just kind of what goes through your mind and, and what, what do you feel when, you know, you really see yourself and maybe I guess I'm very presumptuous, if you do see yourself, you know, stealing these moments essentially from yourself or from others in those moments.
1: I I am, you know, really fascinated by this concept that Stealing is when we are lacking presence of mind um, Because yes, I can certainly identify with and what I think it is for me And my senses is, is that probably what it is for others as well is that it is a moment of judgment um, We are putting ourselves as judge and we are evaluating our circumstances And we are determining that we have less than someone else or that someone else has more than they deserve, or we have less than we deserve. And I've, of course, had those moments feeling like, well, why does that person get all the opportunities? They're not even that good. They're not even that nice. They're not even that smart. I mean, the irony is amazing. But of course, I've I've had those feelings. And- The opposite being true of, you know, I deserve more than this. I deserve better than this. Um, and then feeling really motivated, I guess would be the word to use to actively change that. And I, if I'm understanding, you know, what you just said correctly, and I, and the thing that I'm really hooking into here is this idea that in those moments, we are stealing from ourselves and that we're not recognizing what we could get out of sitting with that feeling and not judging it seeing you know what there are these other opportunities out there and it's not my time apparently it's not my time it's that other person's time happy for that other person, and happy for me. I'm not going to be upset with my circumstances. I'm just going to accept them for what they are. And if I take this moment to reconnect with me and to be fully present and to be mindful of my behavior and my emotions, then this is practice. What a great opportunity to practice. And I really I like that idea as a way of kind of combating the the – stealing because perhaps all stealing is, um, precipitated by, if that's the right word, um, by judgment of someone having too much or of me having too little. And I'm trying to think of specific examples in which I feel that I've, um, done this and my lack of ability to, Zero in on something is probably evidence of my lack of awareness of <laughs> when I'm doing this. I but when I when I think of about me and stealing, I I'm immediately reminded of my wonderful grandmother Ruth, who was my dearest friend and passed ten years ago. And I hate to speak ill of her, but I will. She was notorious. For taking the sugar packets off of the restaurant table and putting them in her purse. Notorious. You know, she saw... Like, anytime we went to a diner or a restaurant and there was extra sugar packets on the table, she took that whole thing and she dumped it in her purse. And I guess I never really saw that as stealing. Because it's not as if the sugar was on the menu. Like... Okay, oh, yes, you could take this whole bucket of sugar on the table if you pay us $3. It was never on the menu, and it was just kind of there for us to use during our meal, and she didn't see the issue with taking it home. So I think <laughs> that kind of um, ingrained in me this idea that if something is for sale and you take it, that's stealing. But if it isn't for sale and you take it, that isn't stealing. And I, if I'm being completely honest, which, of course, that's what we're here to do, I have had several, <laughs> several experiences in which something wasn't for sale that I wanted and thought, what would be the harm in picking that up? Like, like I'll give you an example. This is a totally benign example because I don't want to incriminate myself. But, like, when I go to the beach, every time I'm at the beach, I can spend an hour, two hours, picking up seashells and rocks and stones and all kinds of things that I find on the beach. And by the time I'm done, I will have a bucket of shells and when I was a kid I used to do this everywhere we went and then I would come home and like my dad would help me put them in a glass jar of some kind and we had these shells all over the house and I hadn't done it for many years but then recently I started doing it again and I was driving around in my car with like a ball jar of shells from a beach that we went to in Mexico last year for my birthday so about a year ago and all of a sudden I was like looking at it and I was cleaning out the car and I felt deeply guilty for what I had done now this might sound ridiculous because maybe a lot of people take shells from the beach but these were part of the landscape Not only were they beautiful to look at for everyone else who was visiting, but it was indigenous. I mean, this had come from the sea and had washed up on the beach. And in my pretty typical human presumption, I figured, well, these don't have any use anymore. I'm just going to take them. But how do I know? How does any of us know what use those shells have to the shoreline, to the to the, um, sea life that exists, who knows, you know, it could be a hiding place. It could be a home. It could be nourishment. It could be, you know, reinforcement to, to the, um, to the shoreline, who knows. And I just took that with me because I figured, well, no one else, you know, this is free. It's just there. It's not like, you know, they have seashells for sale. Um and I can think of many other examples like I was at a um now I'm really incriminating myself I was at a <laughs> restaurant when traveling in Southeast Asia and there was a an amazing chopstick holder on one of the tables like where you lay your chopsticks in between dishes do you know what I mean Yeah And it was like so gorgeous and so amazing. And I pocketed it. I did. I feel, you know, it's like I'm kind of embarrassed to say it because it's not like the best thing in the world to admit. But I'm like, well, that's not for sale. That's just sitting here on this table. So those are some physical examples. So if I can think of those physical examples, and those are just a couple that are coming to mind that to me are like, they're shameful to even admit that I would ha- be so presumptuous to think that I was owed that or that I had any rightful, you know, um, uh, I don't, can't think of the word. But that I de- was in any way deserving of taking something off of a restaurant table, which obviously they would have to replace or they'd be down one or whatever it was. Um, can- I can't imagine how many examples there must be of me stealing something that's non-physical from someone, like energetically, the way that we were discussing. I can very easily think of examples where friends and family and coworkers have done that. And as soon as we started talking, I was thinking about someone that we spent some time with recently who was – feeling left out of a conversation that others of us were having and was constantly interrupting to tell their own story that had absolutely no relevance to anything that we were talking about and how frustrating it was because they kept you know, stealing the attention, so to speak, and it was negatively affecting everyone because it was ruining the flow of conversation that we were all in, and we were kind of getting to like the punchline of the conversation finally, And, and, and then it just was like a huge letdown almost, and then all of the negative feelings that we all must have felt about the person who was doing the interrupting. I'm sure I've been that person, but it seems so much more challenging to think of those kinds of examples for myself than it does the physical examples, which perhaps in our society, we put more of an emphasis on the physical, like that, that stealing means a very physical thing or a very tangible thing. And so I was more conscious of when I was breaking that rule, that law, that moral, um, then i am in the more subtle ways in which i'm probably breaking it all day every day so i admire your ability to recognize that this is something you know that you've done but i get the sense that you probably don't steal the attention or steal energy from people nearly as much as your you, you say that you do or that the example would would um imply
0: yeah and no, i, I... I appreciate that. And I'm simply not sure because a lot of the time I notice it after the fact. Um, when I replay things in my head, which admittedly takes me out of the present moment, um, that's when I really start to analyze it, right? My brain really starts to look at it and say, oh, this is what you did. And this is what it, how it affected others. and And it really kind of spins things up sometimes. So I think, though, that the interesting thing about your uh seashell story uh was that it really made me think about the way that we interact with other people and the environment because you know it could be argued that it could be argued that us being here at all is is something that really you know, interferes with other things that are happening, right? We don't know the natural course of those seashells, what it would have been if you had not gone to the beach and picked them up and put them in your your ball jar and carried them around and had them in the car and stuff like that. Um, Very, uh, very evocative image, by the way, um, because I think, Lots of people have done that. I mean, that's something that we do. Like we take pine cones from the forest and, you know, there was a rock that was in my garden that I found that was almost perfectly round and it's beautiful. And I have no idea how it got there, but now it's, I cleaned it up and I have it on my dresser now so I can see it every day. Um, stuff like that. Like those are things that we don't think much about, but there's that element of, of this physical object is something that I really want. And why can't I just have it? And, you know, there are times when jealousy comes into play. There are times when uh, desire or, or envy come into play for some of these things. And I think it's a lot easier for us with physical objects because we can put value on that in a more arguably universal sense. Like if somebody takes Oh, I'm not. Now I'm going to backtrack on myself because you can't really put a price on seashells, I guess. But if somebody takes something like oh, a computer or a phone or something like that, you can you can say, okay, well that thing costs about a thousand dollars or costs five hundred dollars or what have you, and you can say that, and people immediately get that value. So that's clear, right? So if somebody steals something, it's five hundred bucks. Okay, you you got to file an insurance claim. It was worth five hundred dollars. Boom. But in the case of the conversation that you mentioned, for instance, if somebody is looking to you know, intentionally or not steal other people's opportunity to talk or steal their opportunity to feel something within the context of that conversation or even just make a connection, we don't have a universal way to say, well that was 42 bucks right there. So you owe me Mm -hmm. 42 bucks. We don't have that type of of figure around it that feels universal because it varies from person to person. And we're all carrying these things throughout the course of a day. And whatever value it is at that moment may vary just depending on how we're doing. Um, You know, at the start of my day coming into work, it, it, it may have been more valuable to other people to keep that positive vibe going even though i didn't have one but then later in the day it might have meant a lot more to me to help preserve that positivity and in fact feed off of it for myself if i can without doing it from a very you know stealing perspective but more from a connection perspective so i think part of it really is us being able to relate to physical objects a lot more simply because there's an established value around that stuff and it's something that we feel is fairly universal even though you know five hundred bucks for me might have a different value for you versus someone who you know has you know a million dollars a year versus someone who doesn't have any money at all, but there's still that that same system in place there.
1: What I think you're touching upon is this i like the value that we place on giving ourselves what we feel we don't have is sometimes significantly greater than the value that we place on just accepting and being happy with what we do have um, like we our society really values getting more like more we want more happiness we want more money we want more things um, we put a tremendous value on more and I can't help but think of Cheryl Crow's line it's not having what you want it's wanting what you've got and I don't know that that's um a value that is really encouraged in our society very much like just wanting what you've got that what you have already is exactly what you're meant to have let's work on appreciating and accepting that more versus this belief that if I get something else it will make me happy if I get that next job if I get the promotion if I get that thing from that website you know if I get that new car if I get that new relationship whatever it is then I'll be happy and we know that it's never enough so you know I appreciate what you're saying that there's just like you can't put a price tag on any of this and and the attempt to is futile anyway. So, you know, what if we could feel that feeling that you get when you pick up the perfectly round rock and you're so in awe of it that you have to take it with you and clean it up and put it on your dresser, which by the way, is precisely an experience that I've had like 20 times in my life where I'm just so in awe of this thing from nature, like have to make it mine. Yes. What if we could feel just as excited and, and just as in awe of nature by putting that rock back exactly where we found it. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a world that would be, but it's just not something that is encouraged or perpetuated. And maybe this one conversation can create a sea change. What do you think?
0: Maybe I think so. I think so. This has been fantastic, Whitney. This has given me a lot to think about. And um, it's also made me reconsider the stuff that I was planning on buying uh, later this week. So (laughs) So thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you as always. Thank you for your insights, Paul.
0: Of course, Whitney. And we will talk again soon.
1: All right. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. Bye. Our thanks this week to our transcript sponsor, RightPoint. RightPoint is a digital agency specializing in user research, custom UX, and creative for brands. Headquartered in Chicago, RightPoint also has offices in Denver and Detroit and provides their services throughout the country. For more information, visit rightpoint.com.